0: Welcome to Why the Long Face. Two old friends lifting the lid on mental health over a beer with author and psychiatrist Paul Keedwell and business consultant and so called comedian Ollie Turnbull.
1: So, hello and welcome to Why the Long Face so um uh, what have you got in your cup tonight it's empty
0: already it does need filling yeah what it's, is it uh, i've got a i'm almost embarrassed to say no worry hopping hair popping Halo. hair that is <laughs> the kind of
1: person that you really need a massive beard
0: <laughs> yeah uh
1: to be drinking that and, and a kerchief maybe yes uh, indeed some morris uh more Sticks, if yeah. that's the right expression. But it looks nice. It looks lighter than uh, you'd have thought for. It me, is. Eh?
0: It is a nice pale ale. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: very good. Well, you've got me and you bought me a 5.2
0: uh, Brooklyn Lager. Going down nicely. Mm. Mm. You made a fair dent in it already as well. Yeah,
1: well, you're very kind. Thanks. It's tasty, it's toothsome, and it is, I'd uh. say, hoppy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Really? Yeah. But How are it, you with that? Uh, you, you don't know love enough. it, do you? I, I, I don't. I don't adore it. You don't but, love a um, bit. of
0: I've got to work myself up to it. Yeah. And, um, I think you can. I think you can come round to it with time. It's an acquired taste.
1: Well, there's a lot of taste going on in my gobble right now. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of taste. A lot of things. going He's on. He's, he's pining for some carling right now. No, like, not. You're carling. disappointed.
1: No. I want, like, <laughs> would it kill you? <laughs> the occasional stellar Artois, uh, <laughs> a very man of simple taste, and a bit of Stella, lovely, a bit of Cronenberg, okay. lovely, yeah, like a, wife uh, a Heineken 5%, lovely. <clears throat> so uh, listen, um, Doctor, so uh, when we decided to start this podcast on depression, mm. um, we, I think we made a decision not to pull any punches. And although mm. we're trying to... Well, not
0: evade any difficult subjects. Exactly. I don't think we can avoid the elephant in the room. Which is Suicide. Yeah, we're going to, we're not going to dance around it. We're going to just give people try and give you the facts. Yeah, basically, that's what we were trying to do. So yeah, um, the the good news is, <laughs> look at the bright side of suicide. <laughs> right. It's fairly rare, isn't it? Do you know what the rate is?
1: Uh, I do not, but uh, uh, it's
0: approximately ten in a hundred thousand, and that's the per lowest. year. Yeah.
1: So just to be clear, in a population of hundred thousand, ten people will take their own lives in any given mm. year. Mm
0: there are an average of 16 suicides per day in this country and suicide rates are on the decrease but we should probably talk about risk factors and protective factors actually
1: yeah so we've decided to talk in in um, two halves yeah so one we're going to talk about the risk factors um, associated with depression yeah Uh, and things like warning signs and what are the protective factors that lower the risk and then after that we'll talk about um more risk management and intent Um, yeah so how likely um certain things are going to lead to certain worse things
0: yeah frankly just asking about suicide in someone you think is at risk does not increase their risk of suicide it's just but it's about um assessing uh i guess how urgent the situation is
1: yeah i well, thinking about it it's a little bit like um me- mental health first aid so you know how people get trained in how to um, staunch bleeding or um uh, or, or or put someone in the recovery position physical mm. first aid it's yeah. kind of a, like a mental first aid which is what are the warning signs for you to look out for with you know, your next door neighbor with your co-worker, et cetera, et cetera. In fact, um, just as an aside, I was uh, working at a client site recently and I saw on the wall a poster which had about 12 friendly faces on it. And it said, these are your mental health first aiders. Uh, Uh, Come to them. Uh, They've been trained uh, with with, uh, any mental health problem you feel you might have. I thought that was incredibly progressive. And it wasn't a modern, trendy um, startup kind of company. It was a a dyed in the wool um, telco company actually right in the uh, m4 corridor uh, and i was kind of hard to see that but anyway oh, the m4 corridor about, right? the m4 corridor where i've lived most of my life is that there, oh, if there's anything is there,
0: that's going to make you suicidal it's the m4 corridor
1: it said that's at the top of the poster it said we realize you're halfway between Reading and swindon yeah so things aren't going great so that's but, one of
0: the um unofficial risk factors uh, working uh, the in corridor. the m4 corridor or, or probably residing there i don't know
1: how how far you are to near to bracknell uh it's a it's a is a massive factor
0: spending uh, an evening with your father-in-law is that a risk factor with my <laughs> father-in-law yeah. no,
1: that's, a, that's a no he's fine. lovely yeah yeah no that's fine
0: but <laughs> with me probably uh, with, with more you, accurate uh, with you um, i can
1: see myself spiraling down as we speak <laughs> To
0: be honest, plumbing the debts anyway the so the rate yeah 10, ten to hundred thousand. and and uh uh, and lower than it's been since they uh since i think nineteen eighty one that's the lowest incredible been. and uh, of course, but we can't we, be complacent because it's still higher than in some other countries
1: a yeah. we can't be complacent, and b let's not forget that the media has a slight bias towards bad news stories, so that is good news and mm. it's it's my belief, and paul's got a professional opinion on this it's mm. my belief that awareness of mental health uh, uh and and charities like mind sane. Um, and certainly samaritans etc have helped pull that number down
0: yeah the dark days of the late 70s the early 80s when you just swallowed it up go on with it i think more awareness and a better better mental health services and more access to mental health services yeah um although uh, without making too many political points there is a danger of mental health services going backwards but that's to do with funding anyway what's the most common method in the uk do you know uh i don't know, but what I do know is, um, and you can tell me in a minute, but
1: I do know mm. that men and women have very different methods of suicide, and that male suicide tends to be carried out in a more violent, violent way, uh, and, and sort of uh, uh, difficult to come back from way, jumping off tall buildings, uh, yeah. shotgun.
0: Well, ma- men are far more, uh, yeah, overrepresented in it, with, with things like hanging, jumping, shooting. Women are more likely to self poison, but the most common method is hanging in the UK.
1: Let's dig into some of the risk factors. Yeah, let's
0: dig into that. That's a good idea. So they can be broken down, can't they, into situational factors and individual factors.
1: So one is about the self and one is about the environment in which environment. Someone, yeah. uh, lives and works. So well, let's start with uh, well, which
0: way do you want to do it? Uh, environment. Do it. So a big one is being socially isolated for whatever reason. So if you sort of break that down, D4Cs are more at risk right? Right. Uh, People living on their own, people living in temporary accommodation, people who feel disconnected and alienated from the rest of society, people who are struggling financially, who are unemployed. Poverty doesn't help. I suppose experiences of disaster and trauma, uh, like war type. Relationship breakdown. So then we go on to individual factors. Right. One important one, previous suicide attempts or deliberate self-harm right i was risk. going to ask that actually is there a direct relationship between self-harm and suicidal risk mm. or,
1: or are they both di- divorced from each other are they very similar times at certain times similar types of um activity or is, is is one very different from it's it's
0: um so i think what you're asking there are is what are the different types of deliberate self-harm they have the uh, same motive, motive
1: no 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 sorry no i'm co- I'm, I'm collecting all self-harm Together yeah. Versus suicide. And is it, yeah, is, is one a, a further manifestation of the, not of the necessarily. Yeah, that's no. what I'm asking.
0: Really. No. So, for example, you may find that, that someone with um, personality difficulties who is prone to self harm as a way of managing difficult emotions may accidentally kill themselves uh, one day, or their level of distress can evolve into something uh, that, that they find unbearable. So yeah, there, there isn't a direct relationship. I think I understand what you're saying. But, yeah.
1: but both both have an element of escaping from unbearable pain. Yes, uh, it's exactly. Like so that was an feels like a distraction from the yeah. unbearable pain, and uh, where yeah. suicide seems like, uh, you know, I, I,
0: I can't A very face. permanent answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, and that, it sounds ridiculous, but um, uh, uh, we'll talk about impulsivity later. Hmm. Um, but it's 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 an obvious one way street suicide. And it, what the tragedy is, is that people can get themselves into such a uh, a terrible state of mind that they take that one way street, uh, and all it would take is an intervention to get them off that ledge, either yeah. metaphorical or physical.
0: Yeah, uh, well, to give
1: them a whole lifetime
0: back. I, I, I read there? that the sign at Beachy Head has um, had an impact on the number of suicides at Beachy Head. That's just one, just it? one sign. Think again. Phone the Samaritans number. Wow yeah and there's that one in
1: and that that that's again we'll probably revisit this at the end but if you're feeling like this and listening to this remember that it's a one-way street the decision that you might make in the next few minutes hours or even days it's a it's a one-way decision so surely it's Mm. worth trying other options well yeah Um, well of course
0: if you if it's an impulsive act um, the one thing that's going to determine whether you're successful or not is whether you've got very ready access to lethal means. Mm. So that's one of the situational factors we forgot about. But if you uh, live oh, on a high-rise, for example, or, um, I mean, when I was in training, you used to, you used to test me on uh, risk factors for suicide, and one of suicide, more than was being a farmer, because you could have a, access to a shotgun, usually. Mm. I mean, on, only 4% of UK households have a gun, so um, de- death by shooting is quite rare in the UK. Mm. But that's in america it's a very different story so um and impulsivity is increased by disinhibiting factors like drugs and alcohol so drugs and alcohol drug and alcohol misuse is a major risk factor well of course it i mean everyone there's a cliche that you do stupid things when you're drunk uh
1: you know and you're in an excellent state of mind and we can probably look back and think he says sipping his um boston Mm. uh of times we've done that particularly when we were younger but again uh giving into a suicidal thought is a one-way street um, mm. and that's what makes it so terrifying mm. that it can be made so much more uh, uh, likely with the intervention of
0: drugs. And then, of course, we come to an, a, a fairly obvious one: uh, mental ill health. But it's not as straightforward as everyone who's depressed commits suicide.
1: Definitely not. No, far from it.
0: So I think in in all suicides, about thirty percent have I, have an identified mood disorder at the time of the suicide. And the lifetime risk of suicide in someone with who's been treated for depression uh, as an outpatient is uh, something like 2%.
1: That's for the whole
0: lifetime. Mm. Only one in 50. Other mental disorders, um, alcohol and substance misuse make, makes up about 17, 18%. And then we've got schizophrenia. People with schizophrenia, fourteen percent, and personality disorders, thirteen percent. Does that mean that fourteen um, percent of all
1: suicides have associated with personality disorder? Yeah. Or fourteen, not fourteen percent of people with personality disorder are likely to no, end their lives. No.
0: Right. No. No. We're talking about the proportion of people who've com- who've com- completed suicide. Uh, the majority actually had a diagnosis of at least one mental disorder, and I'm just giving the headline ones, the ones that are most common. Got it. And you, you mentioned outpatient at 2%. What's the inpatient rate? Um, about double that. Yeah, so if you've 4%. been treated in hospital for a depression, it's about a 4% uh, lifetime risk. Yeah, that's what I read to you. Um, but if you've been in, um, admitted uh, and treated as an inpatient because of suicidal ideas, then understandably the risk is, is higher still, it's mm. about 6%. Uh,
1: and a question that, that uh, sort of off the top of my head. Is there a lot of depression that, that just simply doesn't have any um, idea of suicide or any fantasy of suicide.
0: Yeah, there
1: has got sure. a lot of cases like that. So, yeah. uh, can a, can a lot of people see through the depression, as it were? Because imagine being in the depths of it; it's very, it's a little bit like when you feel very, very sick or you've got flu. You can never really see beyond it. And I'm wondering yeah. if it's hard in depression. And but but there are cases, I guess, and many of them where suicidal doesn't seem like or not suicidal. Yeah, seem like
0: I not. mean, all sorts of people get depressed. That's the thing. Uh, people who are um, by nature, optimistic souls get, can get depressed. <laughs> but p- people who are, by nature, uh, a bit negative about the future can get depressed. Maybe they're m- more at risk. So are you so, saying, because we've talked about
1: vulnerability before, uh, and you're saying that you could, be, you could be optimistic by nature, but still vulnerable to depression.
0: Yeah, yeah. You could yeah, be pessimistic right by nature
1: and still not as vulnerable to depression. They're almost right. two different things, two right. different factors. That's interesting.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think if you're a glass, glass half empty kind of guy, you probably do have a slightly increased risk of depression. But the point is that the depression is a kind of a, a state of mind, but it's not, it's not, a, um, it's not a personality. Nice. And it's not a temperament. Yeah, I um, And those things uh, all factor in, right? Okay. Uh, so. And also, having a family history of suicide would, would always make me very wary of someone in my clinic, right? Because there is a, um, a link. That shows, actually, that there isn't, you know, it's not as a simple as saying, oh, depressed person increased risk of suicide There seems to be independently a much stronger link right across the generations for completed suicide there's no there's something else going on yeah. in terms of the way that you process it adversity
1: so that that's something in your makeup there's a maybe even a suicide gene or do you think it's much more to do with uh a normalizing of it in other words if you come from a family where suicide has happened then suicide's a thing you know it's very far removed from my from my um from my experience for example i've never known anyone who took their own life thank god and no one in my family has but if if that has happened to you it's closer to you does that make it you know (laughs) more a thing that's part of your life
0: yeah i mean the answer is i don't know a lot of a lot of um neuroscientists would argue that that, that there's an inherited neurobiological predisposition to 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 be suicidal i can't i can't refute it i'm a bit skeptical of that i think there's there is likely to be, as you say, it'd be quite difficult to rule out uh, an environmental influence. If you like, I mean, even if it's just a case of uh, it feels comforting to go and join your, your yeah. ancestor, yeah, uh, in and, and join them in the same way. Yeah, you can imagine um, a state of mind where you where that would seem already somehow depressed. logical. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, or depressed, or, or drunk, or, or it might, mind is distorted in some way mm. by by. Any of these mental uh, mental health problems, or indeed grief, or some other. Add, and and my, my 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 suggestion is that people who commit suicide have usually got more than one thing going on. Right. It's probably not sufficient to be depressed, but it might be sufficient to be uh, depressed, have had suffered a major financial loss, mm. maybe be completely socially isolated, uh, and so on. So it's a combination of factors. Mm. No, you can see it. So yeah. what, are the,
1: what are the other individual? Um, we haven't covered all the individual risk factors. I'm uh, well, not sure. but, uh,
0: uh, financial loss is an important one, apparently, um, and chronic pain.
1: What do you think pain. it is about the financial loss? Is it the fact that people can't face the future in a, with a with a different set of financial circumstances, or is it humiliation they feel? Uh, I I, think I know what you're going to say. It
0: can be different. It can be. <laughs> <to> be <mixed. laughs> I know your. I know your game. You know my game, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I should imagine humiliation is a, is a more important factor than anything else.
1: And shock, yeah. Yeah. Having the world, the rug taken from you.
0: And societal, yeah, so the societal consequences, the feeling that, right, now often it's, it's distorted because so, someone's got this uh, into their head that because they've lost um, financial status, they've lost all status mm-hmm. amongst their community, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the case, but they can blow it up into, exaggerate it in their minds to the extent that they think, well, there's no point in carrying on. Yeah. Uh, I've brought such shame on, uh, on myself. Do you, do you think
1: there's
0: a thing... So, uh, w- we're the only animals who
1: take our own lives. I know there's lemmings, but I think that might be a bit of an urban myth. Or maybe they're just a bit daft, I was thinking. I was thinking, do you think the, re- the reason for that almost proves that it's an unnatural thing and it's as a result of um, um, illogical thinking patterns in the brain or certainly unhelpful thinking patterns in the brain. There's no, there's no logic to suicide, I guess, maybe unless you're in unbearable pain. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's some perverse way that that could be of comfort to anybody to say to them clearly how how you thinking is unu- is unusual
0: and um incorrect because we're the only animal that does that and we're the only animal that thinks and research shows temporary you know pe- pe- the risk of, right. of of suicide and we'll come on to this when we assess intent the intent to actually I mean lots of people have suicidal thoughts actually in their lives but uh, they don't actually have genuine intent to kill themselves. Well, we'll talk about this later. It's
1: it's like like a fantasy, isn't it? I wonder, you know, she's dumped me, so I I, I should be sorry if I killed myself. And it's just almost a fleeting fantasy Mm. as you uh, nod off after having drunk two bottles of red wine on your own. But I I turned out fine in the end.
0: But you're right. Suicide is unnatural and it's a rare event. that's why it's a rare event, I think. Got it. Um, And, um, uh, you know, a, a judicious intervention a timely intervention can make all the difference so that's why we go on talk about protective factors so you're more you're less likely to um kill yourself if you're in employment i think all these factors that i'm going to read out actually they're all to do with society uh, engagement in the wider society they're all about feeling connected i've noticed so being employed um uh, having a partner having a a, a supportive family and friends um uh, they they all seem to be you know the quality of those relationships all seem to be critically important in the individual it's things like having a hopeful temperament and um, having good problem solving skills not you know whatever's thrown at you you, you you've got a fairly well developed uh, idea of how you're going to get around this problem oh,
1: I've never thought of that one before S- seriously there's evidence that if you're a good problem solver practical
0: maybe or 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 resourceful resourceful uh, yeah. Then-
1: that's a that's a, a a positive factor. I never even considered
0: that. Uh, imagine you imagine if you're a very very dependent personality that you you've not really made the decisions in your life, um, overcome adversities on your own. You've relied on someone else. Hmm. Maybe that uh, someone else suddenly dies. Um, you can imagine how you might then feel completely at sea, and desperate. Do you think you can use some of the things that you're going through there, both the
1: sort of um, environmental and the individual risk factors and the protection factors? Are they something that uh, someone listening to this podcast could use to assess the risk that someone that they know uh, is under? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the other thing they can do, if if uh, because we've said mental illness or having a mental disorder is a is a major risk factor, is to make sure that they've got to support them in getting help because one of the uh, major protective factors we haven't mentioned is 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 easy access to help for mental and and physical health problems and quick access both Um,
1: professional and from and from non,
0: non and from and from uh charitable organizations very very good charitable organizations like the samaritans but where i worked in my last job there were lots of very good charitable organisations locally, like the what we call, what they called the crisis cafe. We could just drop in if you felt desperate and talk to someone.
1: A oh, nice idea. Mm. It all seems to me, and tell me if I've got this wrong. It all seems to me that that simple intervention at the crisis point, even if it's a sign at the top of a cliff yeah. saying, "Do you know what you're doing?" It's a one-way street or whatever. Yeah. People are here to help. Could make yeah. an enormous amount of difference. Yeah. It's kind of optimistic message. Well, yeah. We try to be optimistic, obviously, in the, yeah. the worst subject possible. But it just seemed that a simple intervention could be literally, literally, a lifesaver.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, and if you can just, I think awareness of the help that's out there uh, makes a huge difference. Yeah, as as a friend of someone who's going through it, you know, look. Have you ever ever thought about ringing these guys or mm. this number here? There's a every mental health service, by the way, in every region of the UK has a crisis number to call, right? But you also have the Samaritans, you know. Um, but these crises uh, crisis numbers, they, they they these people are trained to give you um, access to local support wherever you are. Yeah. So, yeah, moving on then to when you should uh, be seriously concerned, I guess, about um, imminent risk. Right. Ah, are we which talking is, about intent? Yeah, because I think unless of should should we move on to that? Yeah, I think so. Because we've done we've done risk factors and protective factors, I think now. So yeah, the <clears throat> there are different levels of intent. And so we mentioned one which is that sort of fantasy of harming yourself. Now you you've called these before passive fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: In other words, you haven't really done anything about it, but you've thought some things like Sometimes I think the world would be better without me. Right. Uh, But I I don't want to leave people behind.
0: So maybe I won't do it. But that kind of fantasy that... um, Yeah. Um, Have you ever thought that uh, life's not worth living? That is a very, very, very common thought. It doesn't necessarily lead to life. It's a common thought. Oh, definitely. It's a great introduction to the subject if they are feeling a bit defensive and and you move on from there. I'd rather not wake up in the morning. Um, Okay. But... um, well, would you ever actually do anything to harm yourself? So, in other words, have they got an actual plan potentially in their head, or, or just an image in their mind?
1: Mm. And that's one stage further, is it, um, that a general feeling of the world yeah. would be better without
0: me? I get it. Yeah, it, it's never an another an, an, a higher level of risk, isn't it? It's sort of, well, yeah, I have thought about taking an overdose. Mm. You know, that's that they you know, formed an actual sort of uh, plan in their minds, and that's the next level up. So that that's what you. Possibly could call an active fantasy. Sometimes like. I thought, think about jumping off the local railway bitch. That would then increase your yeah. concern, obviously.
1: An active fantasy, then, as opposed to a passive fantasy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you're you asking the, the obvious question, which is, well, would you ever think you would act that out? Mm. So you've gone from active fantasy to action. Or preparation. Mm. Preparation is the next level of risk. So if there?
1: someone said, I once bought a rope, for example... Right. Right, I kept it in my plan. drawer Yeah, yeah just at the time when I oh, have send, the guts to Chivas, do it. Sending chivers down my spine. Uh, sort of active planning phase, I think you've
0: called it. Yes. Um, so this is things like, yeah, I've been storing up tablets, perhaps to, you know, take an overdose. Yeah. Or.
1: So how does this play with impulsivity? Because um, this doesn't sound impulsive at all, this third level. This sounds mm. like um, um, planning for something. But is, is some of it sort of like about hedging your bets? If I ever feel, if I ever feel so low, at least I've got this stash of pills or I've got this rope that I've um, bought um, to sort of fall back on.
0: Yeah. Or, well, this this is obviously the that's a sort of uh, risk that psychiatrists are having to wrestle with, or, or on a, on a weekly basis. Um, yeah. Is uh, right. They they don't want to do it now, but will they want to do it tomorrow at five a.m. Mm um and we ask thing uh, we ask about um not only means so for example but do they have supervision is there someone in the house someone mm. to talk them down someone who can keep an eye on them to make sure they're you know they're not going to do anything and what or well, yeah. do they in their own minds have what we call protective factors so i would never do it because dot 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 right i'd never do it because of my religion I would never do it because of my kids. Yeah. I couldn't do this to my wife, mm. my husband, et cetera, et cetera. That then obviously makes you feel less concerned. Yeah. But if they don't have any protective factors, and you can see how this feeds in with what the risk factors are talking about before. If they're socially isolated, no one cares whether they live or die. Mm. Much, much higher risk.
1: And then we've got enacting the plan. So you can have people almost rehearsing, right? And that really is the fourth level of
0: warning sign. Yeah, uh, sorting out their financial affairs, sorting out a will, um, writing a goodbye note, Um, as you say, um, actually going out buying the rope. Climbing to the top of the building and looking over and practising almost. Does that happen? Uh, Yeah, rehearsals. Hmm. Um, I I believe Stephen Fry, um, when he had his first um, quite serious suicidal breakdown if you like i think he he'd put um duvets and along the um the gap between the garage door and the floor as a as a preparation for for gassing himself with the car fumes and
1: wow mm. that's amazing mm. and uh, and horrific didn't do it thank goodness yeah yeah thank goodness national treasure are we is it flu, flu, yes natural natural treasure, treasure, of course probably a national treasure no, yeah. national treasure and Irritates de- some people depressive like hero Depre- yeah. definitely
0: clearly a depressive hero yeah
1: that's right mm. cool okay so mm. um you have uh we've gone through uh intent and we've gone through the risk factors and we've made it clear that this is not something like an actuarial exercise mm. where you can make an assessment of someone and then say 87% 12% or whatever um but the, the it's i think it's probably useful for people who um are worried about other people that they have um that they that they um uh, understand what the risk factors might be. Mm. Do you have any advice for someone who feels that someone that they are close to or a neighbour is subject to some of these risk factors? What they should do. Well, should people be um, uh, obviously should be careful and sensitive? But uh, I guess when in doubt, you should risk being embarrassed or offending.
0: Uh, don't don't worry about that. It's much more important to uh, to ask them, uh, you know, about, about risk. I think intent. Yeah. Because it's not going to increase the likelihood that they'll act right. On it. I mean, okay. A lot of people have this sort of idea that it will, right. But it shows you care, and mm. and actually, it you know that you can approach it in a graded way, as I did, and I then I think it's. Um, I, I, I don't think you're going to get people um, getting angry or mm. uh, resentful in response.
1: It's know. actually quite a brave thing to do. Oh, well, I
0: think you can edge into it. You can ask them about how they're feeling mm. and say so you're a bit worried about them. Are you okay? You seem a bit blue. You haven't mm. thought about any, doing anything silly, have you? <laughs> you it's know, a bit a, funny. The, that is a the, really funny yeah, lowest, is You haven't it? thought about doing something silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: ridiculous Victorian-esque uh, 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 euphemism, isn't it? Like, do, like you're going to dress up as a clown or
0: something. Or yeah, gonna, no, I'm going to retract that. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> you should say. You're going to make a farty noise. <laughs> mm.
1: It's just doing something silly. It is. Really, I, I always, I always didn't know what that meant as a child. I was thinking, oh, they're allowed to do things silly, aren't they? Uh, and I think you should, you should skirt around the euphemism and say. I
0: think you use the language that that person is used to using, okay. right? That's fair. You don't have to approach it in a, in a terribly formal way.
1: No, I think actually, if you've got emotional intelligence and you're armed with some of the things that you've been talking about in terms of risk factors, you can just simply enter into a conversation, mm. ask. <clears throat> Relatively innocent questions, yeah,
0: uh, and you can get a vibe well, you, about you, you're going to know what their situational risk factors are anyway because mm-hmm. you know them, yeah. You're not necessarily going to know everything about their individual risk factors, but you're going to have a fair idea as well, aren't you? I've
1: also heard about the situation you can get when people are coming out of a very bad depression mm-hmm. uh, and where they've gone from lacking all motivation whatsoever and almost being catatonic in the way mm-hmm. they present to the world, and yet when they come out of depression they sometimes have a risk of suicide because they have got enough motivation in them to enact
0: a plan that they have had for a while is that a phenomenon that exists and that is common there's a spike in suicides after a discharge from hospital for treatment for depression that's yeah. that's ought to be in a in a fair proportion um due to the fact that they I mean, I, they've clearly been pulling the wool over the <laughs> over professionals eyes a bit and they, they've got, got well enough to be able to get the energy together to to enact their uh, ideas, so they're not fully well. They haven't gone into remission. They're still depressed, but they've been treated enough to have the energy to actually carry it out. But um, let's let's remember that, that 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 sort of thing is rare. That's horrible. I mean, you're, yeah. you're 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 unlucky to, for that to happen to yeah. you once in your career as a psychiatrist. So just, but um, I think what you were touching on before was warning signs. So different to yeah. different to risk factors, but warning signs. Yeah. I think one important one is, because we've mentioned alcohol and drugs, is a massive increase in use of alcohol or drugs. What lies behind that?
1: Is that they're getting more and more desperate,
0: uh, potentially? Potentially. So they're
1: trying more and more extreme means to take away the pain.
0: Correct. Which might culminate in the ultimate. But unfortunately, that can then lead to a worsening of the mood. It only really has a very temporary effect before it actually worsens the mood again. Absolutely. And of course, it's disinhibiting you, and you're more likely to, to, (gasps) to, to, to act impulsively. Right, Uh, dramatic mood changes in the absence of alcohol, but um, that's that's an alcohol or drugs. So, any dramatic mood change, Uh, someone expressing hopelessness. I mean, proper hopelessness, as in can't really see any future. Mm. Uh, It looks bleak. Literally, someone who's threatening to hurt or kill themselves. Yeah, Um, or or, or seeking a means to kill oneself. Doing, making preparations, as we talked about. I've got a um, couple of questions. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Can I... Can I I feel I need another beer now. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, obviously I'm a professional and we just <laughs> talk about these issues, but I'm yeah. just a bit thirsty. Yeah. Uh, me. I, do, do, you know I, know do you want to try your um, nice Italian lager?
1: Bah, damn right I do. Yeah. Come in right up. So what, well, as, you get, as you get the beers, as, loads of stuff has gone through my head as I've been uh, uh, listening to you and... I've got some optimism, but it's a horrible subject and it makes me, Uh, obviously, fear for people who are vulnerable. But um, what what do you say about people who worry that if I talk about this to somebody, I'll start putting ideas in their head?
0: Yeah, that's rubbish. Right. Good.
1: And the next question. (laughs) (laughs) It's serious, though. Some people, you know,
0: you're not going to you're not going to suggest, you know, no, I don't no. Just asking about how they feel and. uh, any thoughts of uh, self-harm is not going to increase the risk. But suggesting methods, no, probably not a great idea.
1: Right. But the but the, the general pussyfooting around the subject is not mm, going to tip mm, someone over the edge. No. That sounds like a complete myth.
0: And what no, about... No, not even pussyfooting. Just directly asking about their suicidal intent. Well, uh, he's <laughs> now just clicked his fingers at me. Yeah. It's, it's because like, I'm hogging the, uh, the bottle opener, there you go. He's opened
1: up his Whitstable, right? Happy as you like, yeah. no problem. There, happy glug, 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 happy glug, glug. days. Happy days. I'm sorted. It. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I'm left here with an, an unopened beer of Moretti, all parched around the Puff gills. gills. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's rectified rectified that now with a simple yeah. instruction. Um, <laughs> talking about, uh, w- when people talk about a cry for help, mm. um, I- I- is that, in your opinion, real... A real thing uh, that people um, will, will actually act out a suicidal scenario and not intend to kill themselves. Yeah, uh, and I, I think some people wrongly don't have much sympathy, and they think, oh, attention seeking. Whereas the way I see it is much more of a—it's uh, the only thing that they can think of to draw attention to the pain that they're in.
0: Right, much um, better way of thinking about it. Yeah in many cases it's what's happening is a it's a communication it's saying i want to be treated differently or i want my needs to be considered a bit more
1: yeah so i mean to, to have to have a lack of sympathy on that because it's it looks like attention seeking um mm. is completely the wrong way to deal with it and it mm. should be you know it should be dealt with like any other serious attempt to
0: well there are degradations of it and there are different yeah different situations i mean I mean, sometimes there are just quite trivial gestures that are done in the heat of an argument or mm. that kind of thing, which shouldn't be encouraged, I'd say. Also, you can't just go by the level of medical seriousness because someone can end up on IC, you know intensive care unit but didn't inc- intend to kill themselves. Yeah. Others can um, take 10 paracetamol. By the way, that's a dangerous amount, but be fine. But thought they were going to die. Yeah. Absolutely thought they were going to die. Wrote the you know, goodbye letter and so on. So you can't just go by the actual the actual act itself, unless of course we're talking about self harming by cutting. If someone caught, cuts the dorsum of their forearm, that's different to someone who's meticulously tried to get their radial artery or something through by cutting. Yeah. Grim. Um I you know a lot of self-cutting is people will tell you that's was not an attempt on my life that mm. was an a, an attempt to distract myself from the emotional pain.
1: Yeah. No I've heard that uh, a lot first hand
0: sadly. So that's that's different again. That's not even a communication to anyone else. That's just a a coping mechanism. I would say a maladaptive co- coping mechanism because the more you cut yourself the more you're going to scar your body and the worse you're going to feel about yourself when the whole process started because you felt bad about yourself you're just Mm. making that worse over time that sounded a bit glib and obviously it's easy for me to say I haven't gone through some of the traumas and emotional and difficult upbringings that that, uh, such sufferers have gone through but there are other ways of coping with these extreme mood swings
1: that's great. And the, the, the other thing is just I remember when I heard the news that Gary Speed, who was the ex Leeds footballer and uh, manager of Wales, took his own life unexpectedly. Um, and people had been talking to him and he'd been perfectly normal that afternoon. And he unfortunately took his life that, that night. Mm. Uh, you, you do see a lot of cases, um, often youngish men, where I never knew there was anything wrong. Um, he was the same old Gary. Uh, this is a terrible shock. Do you think if you look hard enough, you'd find the signs even in those people who are so uh, adept at hiding their pain? Um, because those must be the people, at the highest risk, the ones that go under the radar. And suddenly, of course, the impulse takes them over one night, after a drink having been taken, or whatever the reason is, or an argument with someone close to them, and then it's over. Yeah. Do you think there was probably some signs that you could have picked up if you'd looked hard enough in, in that case and in, in look, others?
0: I, I don't know enough about about him. Um, I, I think that if you're dealing with someone who by 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 character it's a closed book, uh, who is part of a, I, I suppose, a culture or a subculture that is very macho and doesn't encourage it, the expression of feelings. Well, it's football, not rugby, but yeah. Uh, f- f- football's worse, isn't it? Nah. Yeah, isn't it? It's one of the worst. I don't know. No, I, I, I think competitive sport in general doesn't really encourage the uh, communication. Evasion. but my,
1: my question was broad, mostly was, do you think there would have been some signs there if you'd looked hard enough? Or are there some cases where people are such a closed book that these things happen out of the blue and people have no idea of the trauma that's going, th- going on between their ears?
0: Um, yeah, I do think there are such cases. If you don't give uh, anyone an opportunity to get close to you, how are they going to determine that you're at risk? Mm.
1: So I don't know. Would you recommend if you, people know someone like that just to check in, or is that very difficult to um,
0: approach? Yeah, I definitely. Well, you should check in with anyone you're you're um, concerned about. My gut feeling is that probably I probably would have picked up on signs, but not not everyone would have done. Yeah, you know, I, they probably would have been quite subtle if he'd. I know some people are, I mean we've talked about this before about hidden depression and some people are just so adept at hiding masking how they really feel well they do
1: this act for years yeah they're going to be Oscar winning standards yeah by the time they get to 40 yeah. 50 years old yeah terribly sad and uh, that's
0: why I think um, the, the friends and relatives of, of these victims should not necessarily beat themselves up because um, that's a really important if they're not, yeah you know, if, you're not, if you're not let in to their world what are you supposed to do yeah I think it's
1: a really, really um, important point, because there might be people listening who have been had a, um, a victim of suicide close to them and felt some mm. um, level of guilt.
0: As much as we like to think we can reach out and prevent suicide, if someone is determined to cover up their intent, then uh, there's not a lot we can anyone can do about it. But to end on a positive note, most of the time there are warning signs we've covered them. Mm. risk factors warning signs um suicide rate is coming down we're getting much better at detecting risk love that stat and much better at intervening we can do better mm. you know just I, need to raise awareness
1: i very much strongly uh think that rate is going to continue to go down uh, yeah. the young people i talk me to me including over the weekend funnily enough where we were away together with a, a load of young people younger kids and parents I already started to have conversations about mental health with some of the some of the um, older kids, uh, which were enlightening and heartening, and conversations that I wouldn't have had at that age. Uh, and, yeah. and that's I was at that age in in 1981 when uh, suicide is at worst. Uh, I'm massively optimistic
0: um, on, on this, uh, and even more so talking to you, Doctor. I have to say, uh, learned a lot. Well, we, we that was a good chat. I think it's probably a good time to end. Yeah,
1: I guess we should say, if anyone's got to the end of this, can relate to any of this, either someone who feels suicidal mm. or um, thinks that there is someone close
0: to them who is, yeah, talk to them or talk yeah. to someone. Mm. The um, Samaritans is great. Anyone can call them up any time. And they'll not just talk to you. They'll make sure that they put in place a risk minimization package for you. So it won't just stop at that conversation they uh, won't be intrusive but they will definitely actively work on how to plan your way out of thinking the way you're thinking go on our
1: website and contact us through there which is ytlf.com
0: okay see you next time bye 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 hey thanks for joining us on why the long face as ever we're here to inform hopefully and entertain but we're not here to give you medical advice There is, however, information on our website, ytlf.com, that's w-h-y-t-l-f.com, about where to get help. See you next time.